You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, um, unfortunately, due to some technical issues, I'm getting a very late start, so I'm going to have to keep it kind of brief. We'll see what we can do. I'm going to try to power through um, as quickly as possible, but I do want to get to Matt LaFleur's press conference today. Uh, I don't know if that's all we're talking about or what, but um, there's been a lot of comments about it, and it's one of those things that you just have to hear it for yourself. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to it together, and I'm going to give you my thoughts, because it's if you just take the quotes, which some people just posted the quotes, it sounds one way. And then when you look at certain people's interpretations of those quotes, it sounds the exact opposite way. Things like a quote being, David Bakhtiari is fine. And then somebody will comment on it and says, I know he said it, he's fine, but he's clearly not fine based on the way he said it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's stuff like that. So, and, and just in general, as a general rule, because there have been numerous times that I've seen people take quotes and it spirals and it becomes this big thing and people write articles about it and nobody actually listened to it. When you listen to it, it's like, that doesn't sound like that at all. So generally, unless I hear the coach or the player or whoever say it, um, I take it with a grain of salt because sometimes the way they say it or the context in which the question was asked makes all the difference. But um, I want to start off right off the bat. Well, I, I won't lead into it. We'll just we'll just play the clip and I'll comment after the fact. I'm wondering, A, if Jair is here, and I guess either either way. Um, you know, in the past you had Devontae going up against Jair and Stokes to try to get him ready. Would you do the same with Jair to get those younger receivers ready? Yeah, if he was here, for sure, that's that's what we do but he's not here. So a couple of quick comments. First of all, one of the comments that I saw on social media from the commenters as opposed to the quoters was Matt LaFleur seems visibly upset that so many people did not show up. Um, One of the narratives that you'll see from fans, and maybe it's true, I don't know. Depends if you're asking the coaches or the players, I think. So generally the way this works is OTAs start, Players don't have to be there. Veterans don't have to be there. Many veterans choose not to be there. Some people immediately come out and say, see, this proves they're a bad player or a bad teammate or they don't care or whatever. And then there is a opposite um, intense reaction uh, that basically says these things don't matter. Veterans don't need this. This is dumb. You're an idiot. You don't understand how these things work. It's not a big deal. And generally... What you'll see, because you don't see a lot of coaches and GMs and these types of guys getting on Twitter, voicing their opinions as much as players do. So when these things pop up, if you see anybody's opinion, it's going to be from a player saying like, dude, you don't, it's, it's not a big deal, like chill. Allow me to present you exhibit A of what a head coach thinks about veterans not showing up when it's time to put in work. 
There, there, it could not be any more obvious Matt LaFleur is annoyed. And by the way, the idea that <laughs> the, the, uh, the whole thing with it's better for Christian Watson if Aaron Rodgers isn't here because then he can learn the offense without Aaron Rodgers being here, which I'm sorry, I, that was always kind of a silly narrative. I mean, you can try to run with it if you want, but you're going to kind of have to relearn it when Rodgers gets here because any quirks or tweaks that Rodgers likes, guess what? That's what it's going to be. Um, but he just said right here, would, would, wouldn't it be nice if a guy like Jair was here so that a uh, veteran could help kind of coach up the young guys and, you know, help along the receivers and all these other guys. And Matt LaFleur is like, yeah, that's what we do here. We have the veterans help the young guys and we all learn together and we grow together and we get better as a team together. That's what we do, but he's not here. So we can't do that. That's what he said. And he's clearly annoyed. I'm just saying what I'm saying. I mean, it's just this is just what it is. And and again, it's I don't know how we could really see it any other way. I'm not saying we have to make it the biggest deal in the world. And I don't know. If, I'm not saying it even means necessarily a difference between 13 wins and 10 wins. But just from a general, I don't know, work ethic standpoint. And you, you got to understand, that's the other thing. Not only do these coaches do everything in their power to try to win and get these guys ready to play, but these are the guys that are putting in like, 15, 16, 17-hour days around the clock. They don't see their families. They're just grinding constantly. They're not out in Maui right now. They're not out doing golf tournaments. They're, they are in the office every day working and grinding and trying to figure out 2022 and figure out how to make it work. And they're putting game plans together and they're excited. And they're like, all right, let's try to implement some of this stuff. And when Jair comes in, we're going to talk to him and work with him and work with Rodgers and work with these guys and be like, all right, man, here's the plan. I've been working on 15 freaking hours a day. Let's get to work. And they're like, nah, I'm not coming. Excuse me? Nah, I don't want to. It just seems stupid. Doesn't even matter. Like, I already know how to play football. Like, it's not even that hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? So yeah, if I was head coach Matt LaFleur and I was working this hard and I'm trying to get guys motivated and excited to be Green Bay Packers and to work hard and love football and to love being in the building and to love your team and love your locker room and every chance you can get to be in the building and to practice your, your craft and to get better. And then you fling open the doors and nobody shows up. All the top guys are like, man, I don't want to. I'm busy. E even the guy, and that's the other, like some guys, well, I'm, I'm training with my quarterback coach out and california and i'm training with my pass rush coach out here i guess i get that but i could still understand being upset like you know we have an army of coaches here right like you want to learn how to be a pass rusher in green bay joe freaking barry is here i'm glad you paid money for some guy to to, to run drills with you like on a one-on-one -on -one basis that's cool how about we learn how to play here you know what i mean i mean i'm sure that guy's great but we have pass rush coaches, as well as defensive coaches and defensive line coaches, as well as your head coach. And we have a personal training staff here. I feel like we're pretty well equipped to get you ready to go. Plus, you've been training with that guy for months. We don't get that much time with you. And now is some time we can work with you, and it'd be great if you'd show up. Like, nah, dude, I'm just going to keep working over here. I'm just saying, I could understand Matt LaFleur being a little annoyed when, you know, again, you fling open the doors and you're like, all right, maybe next week will be better. Maybe these guys will show up and guys just don't show up. And he's trying to downplay it, kind of. But that first answer, right out of the gate, yeah. Yep, that's what we were hoping for. That's what we would like to do as a team. But we can't do that because he's not here. So next question, please.
I mean, it's even minor, but just to elaborate on what I just said, listen to this, for example. What, what was you, I'm sorry, what was your question? You know, the, the, the guys went. I had some other things to get ready for the next day, so, no. I didn't actually hear what she said. I, I think it was something to do with Top Gun, Top Gun show. I thought that was a movie. Is that a show? I don't, I don't know. But point is, what did you think of this thing? And his, I mean, and he's being jovial, not acting like he's being upset, but just to give you insight on what I just said, he said, I didn't go. Some of the guys went, I had stuff to do. So even after all the, the practices are done, right, all I'm asking from you is a couple hours, a couple hours to run some drills and work on some stuff that I've been dedicating my life to, to making you better. You get, you work on that for a couple hours. And then when you guys are done, you shower off, you get cleaned up and you go, you go to the movies. I got to go back to the office and put another five, six, seven hours in before I can go home and, and, you know, kiss my kids goodnight and tuck them into bed and then set my alarm for four o'clock in the morning, wake up and get back in the office and get back to work to trying to make you guys better. He does go on to mention that, you know, some of the guys had communicated that they couldn't be in because of canceled flights, but just more, more generally talking about the people that just are not showing up, right? Not people that are saying, I'm trying to get there, but my flight was canceled. Just people that are like, nah, I could see that as being a general annoyance. Um, he also added that um, there is an expectation that some of the people that were not there will be showing up today. Because obviously if your flight was canceled before, because it was a holiday and a little crazy or whatever, I don't know what happened. Apparently there was a thing. I don't know anything about it, but you should be able to get in the next day. So um, hopefully a much happier Matt LaFleur today as a flood of players come in. But again, it's just... It's just answering that question because that's always been a question. Is it a big deal? And, and granted, again, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, does Aaron Rodgers need it? Well, kind of. It's, it's good for the team. It's good for chemistry. It's good for his, you know, I mean, if we're going to call him a leader, probably a good thing to lead by example, right? I mean, that's, that's leadership 101. I don't know, man. I didn't write the book. I'm just telling you what it says. I, I would bet you any money, you cannot find a single book on leadership or pamphlet on leadership that says you go golfing while the little guys do all the work. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. Again, his prerogative, there's two different things. There's his rights as an individual, as, as a free human being, and then there's ought. What should you do? There's what do you want to do and what should you do? You're free to do whatever you want, dude. But I don't think there's really any debate what the right move is from a leadership and team building standpoint, what is best for the team. There, there isn't any question what that is. So again, I'm, I'm not trying to hammer just one side of the argument because I think both sides get to be a little overzealous. It's not the end of the world. I don't think we go from, you know, again, I don't think we go from 13 wins to 10 wins because Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to OTA. So it's not worth freaking out about, but I can understand Matt LaFleur being very annoyed by it. And it's not true that it means nothing. That's not true. It does mean something. It's, it's, it's setting a good example for the young guys, and it's also getting to know the young guys and getting to work with the young guys and getting to help them, and Matt LaFleur just said that. I mean, forget Aaron Rodgers. He said Jair Alexander's role is to get the wide receivers ready. If Jair Alexander is going to get them ready, how is Aaron Rodgers not going to get them ready? It's just, it's again, don't take it to a silly area where it's like, no, it's actually better if he's not there. Don't say that. If you want to say it's not that big of a deal, calm down, fine. But let's not get ridiculous. It's not better. It's worse. But it's okay, and it's whatever. Also, you're going you're gonna to really upset the head coach. <laughs> and that's, that's just the way it's going to be. But it's your prerogative. 
It's your right, man. That's what voluntary means, although coaches didn't make that rule. The NFL did as a part of collective bargaining. And so coaches are like, it's voluntary as they stare with dagger eyes into the crowd, letting them know, absolutely, this is not voluntary. You show up, but nothing you can do about it. So, And so um, I guess another way to summarize it would be like this. Yeah, each guy has that right to make that choice. If you're asking me, I want everybody here. So, um, you know, I think some of the thought process may have changed over what's transpired over the last two years, especially with our COVID situation where, you know, we didn't have OTAs. And then, um, but my, my always, my thing to our guys is, well, neither did anybody else. You know, so everybody was playing, um, had the same circumstances that they were dealing with. So obviously now with everybody being open and you'd like to see as many guys as possible here. So to kind of translate, because that was a little janky the way he said it. Number one, everybody has that right. Again, using that word, in other words, it's, it's your legal right based on our contract. But um, if it's up to me, everybody shows up. Everybody shows up. But it's not just a matter of, you know, I'd love to have you here because we're friends. He went on to elaborate. He said, I think that a lot of people felt since COVID and we didn't have OTAs that, hey, we weren't hurt. This is even contradicting me in a sense because I'm like, eh, it probably won't cost us any games or too many games. It might cost us week one. I don't know if you get a slower start or whatever. I mean, hey, we also got fans and maybe it's maybe it's the the other group that's it's the, you know, everybody should show up group that's saying this, but I don't know how you can say preseason is a big deal, OTAs isn't. I mean, if it's all about preparation, and preseason is preparation mostly for the backups, so, I, you know, are we worried about Aaron Rodgers and these guys getting practice, or no? I don't know. But he he even seemed to want to contradict that sentiment, because he's saying, look, we we all had the COVID situation, nobody showed up to OTAs, because there weren't OTAs. And so then everybody went and played football, and especially the Packers and everybody else are like, hey, it was fine. Not having OTAs is not a big deal. It proved that it wasn't necessary. And he's like, um, no, nobody had OTAs. So everybody was still on an equal footing. So everybody was equally as good and bad. Now that it's wide open, if we have our team not showing up to OTAs while other players are showing up to OTAs, for example, it was pointed out that Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes did go to their OTAs, although they also have this golf tournament. I don't mean to keep picking on Rodgers, but obviously he's the biggest figurehead of this group. He is the leader of this group. He's the one that's going to get the most attention here. He's saying if those guys are showing up and they're getting practice and they're working with their rookies, and by the way, it's Christian Watson that's going to get hurt by this because he's the one that's going to struggle to get a head start, and we're all going to trash Christian Watson and we're going to trash Brian Gutekunst because there's no chemistry between Aaron Rodgers and the, and the rookie. Why aren't the rookies up to speed? Why? Da, 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 da. I don't know. Maybe it would have helped if some of the veterans were here to help them along. Give them a little bit of a head start. You want these guys to start and perform in week one? You know the best way to do that? To get them up to speed? Get the quarterback in the room and get him working with him. He's not going to step foot on that field until he builds chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. You know that's the case. Everybody knows that's the case. So why are we saying who cares if he goes to OTAs? You should care. But again, that's that's Matt LaFleur's thing. We we have a a chance for a competitive edge here, and you're not taking advantage of it. And other teams and our rivals are. Our rivals are getting better. 
And again, you can have that arrogant attitude of, I'm too good, I don't really need it. Okay, we'll see. But I'd rather not have the first couple weeks just be practice weeks while we sort of build chemistry. Especially this year, we got a lot of new guys. We've got two guys at least that we're looking at potential starters for the offensive line. We've got a completely new wide receiver group that needs to be figured out and configured and figure out what exactly we're going to do with these guys and what role they're going to play. And, and it would be great if we could have that figured out as soon as possible. Because I'm not really willing to cash it in week one against the Vikings just because eh, it's a practice week. That's not a great way to start the season. Because we already know they're not going to be, you know, the, the, these guys are not going to be playing in the preseason. Aaron Rodgers probably isn't going to play a snap in the preseason. So he's going to have his handful of throws in training camp, and that's, that's it. That's, that's all you get until week one. I'm sorry, that sucks. Yeah, it's only a handful now. So we'll just take, I'm just, all I'm saying is take every opportunity you have. Every opportunity you have to get better, take that opportunity. Assuming this is your number one priority, which maybe it's not. I don't know. But it's, it's just, it's annoying to hear, you know, how bad you want it. And, you know, we get so close every year and we, you know, I, the, the, yeah, just, just like this, this is the only thing that matters is getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. It's the most important thing and doing everything I can to make sure we get there this year. And then the simplest thing, go to Green Bay and do some really light workouts. Nah, I'm not feeling like it. Well, then I don't want to hear it. This this is exactly, and I've, I've always said, at least for me, I don't know about other married people or people in relationships, but it's always the, the minor things that end up being the biggest relationship because it's minor. Because from both aspects, it's such a small thing. Why is it such a big deal? So for OTAs, it's why are you making such a big deal about such a small minor thing? And from the other perspective, you're right. It is such a small minor thing. Why can't you just do a small minor thing? If you can't even do this little thing, how can I believe you care at all? So the, and, the, and that becomes a sticking point. Like it's such a minor thing and you're making such a big deal about it. No, it's such a minor thing and you won't even do it. So the fact that it's minor makes it into a bigger deal. And I think that's what a lot of the arguments is. are, is are, is are, are. It's not hard to just be there to do very light workouts. That's the one side of it. The other side of it is, it's just light workouts. It's not a big deal. And you usually end up with like two kinds of people. You've got sort of more of the, um, the, 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 I don't know, free will, free thinking, kind of like just relaxed, chillax types that look at these types of situations and they're like, like, why do you have to be so hard on it? Like, it's not a big deal. Like, just relax. Just let them do what they want to do. Then you've got the more like rules-based, discipline-based you know, right versus wrong based people, which I fall into that camp that look at it and go, there is a right and a wrong answer. The right answer is the most minor inconvenience and you're choosing not to do the right thing. That to me is mind blowing. It's like, it's like people that won't put the cart away. Like it's not a big deal. It's just a cart and it's not far. And the cart attendant, I mean, I used to be one. It's not that hard to just grab it and add it to the cart corral. That's true. It's also not a big deal to just put the freaking thing in the cart corral. And the fact that you won't do it, this minor, simple thing, it just makes me insane. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it's not a big deal. But it makes me a little crazy that you can't do such a simple thing. It's because it's simple that it drives me crazy. Anyways, I think I've made that point. Anyway, since you can't really hear the question, and I can't even hardly hear the question, um, I'm going to just kind of tell you more or less what was said, and then I'll give you Coach LaFleur's answer. But the question was more or less that it seems to be an an attitude change where, you know, um, I don't know exactly who asked the question, but it was, 
it was a guy who's been around for a long time and he said, you know, we, we've been doing this a long time. How does your, your coaching mentality change? Cause it used to be that, um, even though it's voluntary, if guys didn't show up, coaches would be really, really mad. And now it's becoming more common that players just don't show up for voluntaries, even though it's voluntary, it was still expected. You show up. It's what you do. So how do you adjust your coaching philosophy for this quote unquote new era of, eh, I'm not showing up. Here's what he had to say. Oh, he, he also went, went to say, this is how you install your playbook and then you reinstall it during training camp. So like, <laughs> this is the install. This is where you learn what we're doing, right? And you're not freaking showing up. Well, I think it's just more the mindset that we're going to coach the guys that want to be here and we're going to try to get those guys as, as, as good as possible and hopefully that, uh, you know, that they're in contention to make the roster when it comes down to it. So the first thing, and I had to go back and listen to it to, to make sure that's what he said. If you listen to what he said, it was, it's, it's the mindset that we're going to coach the guys that want to be here, right? It's, he, did, he chose his words, whether, whether he's, these are slip-ups or whatever. He could have very easily said, we're going to coach the guys that are here, right? That's, that's our mindset as coaches. We're just going to coach the guys that are here and get them ready to play. He chose to add the word want to be here to emphasize the fact that the people that are here are the people that want to be here. The people that are here that aren't here are the people that choose that they don't want to be here. That is a big deal to just not want to be there. He also added the word hopefully, sort of his way of throwing up his hands and going, I don't know, hopefully it works out. Hopefully we get these guys up to speed. We'll see. Again, it's just pure frustration. We're going to coach the guys that choose to show up. Hopefully that's good enough. He's ticked. He's trying to install his playbook with his players, and the players are like, "Nah, not showing up. Tell me when I get there. When are you showing up? When I'm contractually obligated and not a second more. Wow. Okay, dude. And again, <laughs> this is pretty much the whole press conference, but again, just hammering that question. Uh, the question being, are you okay with Sammy Watkins not showing up as a new guy? And there's a really <laughs> long pause with a stare that says, I'm going to stab you for asking this question. I'm not comfortable with anybody not being here. <laughs> so I like, I like them all here, but you know, like, again, it's, it's their choice. So, um, you know, next week is mandatory minicamp. So there's consequences obviously for, for not coming in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. 
And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. And obviously it's the last part that I find interesting because <laughs> I, I would be very curious to know what that means. But just again, just understand that the debate from Matt LaFleur's standpoint is over. There, there is no talk about it doesn't matter. And he's going so far now as to say there will be consequences. Now, maybe that's something stupid, like you got to buy us lunch or something. I don't know. It's probably going to be in the form of you weren't here, so you have double work to do. You have to do everything that you miss. In other words, we're going to make you do it anyways. Everything you miss, you're going to have to do, and you're going to have to do what we're doing now because you have to get caught up to speed because you didn't show up. And again, people keep saying, well, it's not mandatory. First of all, shouldn't matter. The door's open, and the coach says, I'd like you to be here, and you said no. And again, this isn't, this isn't, it's not by design from the coaches. It's not like the coaches are saying it's not mandatory because it doesn't matter. This was negotiated by the union. This is, this was a negotiation between the NFL and the players while the coaches are sitting there saying, okay, I I understand what the contract says. I'm telling you, I don't care. We are able to have you in the building now. If you care about being a good football player and making this a good football team, you need to be here because By the way, the contract negotiations that are done have whittled down any amount of practice to almost nothing. During in-season, out-of-season, there's almost no amount of time that the coaches have with the players. They have not nearly enough time. So the door's finally open. Finally. Get in here now. We've got a lot of catching up to do. We've, We've been doing months of work, and we have very little time to get you caught up to speed. I need you in here now. No. I'm sorry. No. I, again, it's it's that whole small thing thing. Honey, can you take out the trash? No. <laughs> okay, see how that works out for you. But uh, the next several questions are about um, the uh, OTAs and the, the process. I'm not going to go through it because it's several minutes of him kind of um, talking about how that works. Um, but more or less, and, and he did elaborate on, you know, how we install during the OTAs. Right, and we slowly unravel it throughout the OTAs, and then um, during training camp we do it a second time. So that's round two of the same thing. So you're kind of getting hit by this same wave, and 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 again, just to, to hammer on the veterans, like Sammy Watkins, no excuse. He doesn't understand the offense. He's never been here. He doesn't know anything. He should be here. No question about it. The veterans, not as much, not as important in terms of their personal benefit of this, but there is still an element of this is new. Now, I'll grant you, it's going to be annoying to have to go all the way back to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and go to these meetings every single day. You've got several hours of meetings, as well as following all these other regimens, as well as going through all this minor stuff that you're probably not going to benefit from because it's so minor and it's so elementary. It's like sitting in a kindergarten class. I get that that's probably an annoyance for such a little benefit of here are the tweaks we've made, especially when you can send me the playbook and I can ask you any questions I have. But again, Number one, it's not going to be as good as if you were here to work on the changes as opposed to just reading the changes. And again, the bigger benefit is to the team. Not to you personally, it's to the team. But that is sort of how he unraveled that, talked about how we, you know, the the process, about hour and 15 minute meetings, and then they go out and they they try to install jog throughs, et cetera, et cetera, to, to learn these things. He mentioned that Last week was a little bit of a lighter load to see if how much they can handle. This week is going to be a bigger load, so they'll get a better idea of what they can handle. But the reason I wanted to highlight this is because I had noticed online somebody had mentioned that uh, the 
group was a really high retention group that Matt LaFleur had mentioned that it was a high retention group. Because the question was something to the effect, and, and there's been several questions, I think three different questions now, and he's kind of skirted around it every time. And this time he's just asked more directly about their, and if I could show you the picture of Matt LaFleur's face right now, you would know automatically without even hearing his answer that there's nothing really that stands out. But this is, again, why it's good to hear it as opposed to just retweeting general answers. But again, the question was about the rookie's retention, and are you happy with it? Is there anything that stands out? And here's what he said. No, I think it's a solid group overall, but we'll, we'll find out more as we go. That's it. That's that's it. That's that's the answer. And so the point is that doesn't lead me to yeah. This is this is just a really really high retention group, right? He just he said it's a solid group overall. We'll see how it goes, right? I mean that if anything that's discouraging because he's gonna over exaggerate, over embellish, <laughs> and I'm sure if he's excited about anything he's gonna tell you, but. He just kind of generally seems like he's not in a great mood. Um, And again, I think he is annoyed, especially with the flight delays, which obviously are not the player's fault. But still, it's it's another day of of you guys not being here, which is an annoyance. Because again, we don't have much time. And we, you know, we've the last we call it a week, right? Last week of OTAs. It was like three days. Three days of, of, of like being outside doing work. I'm sure they have meetings or I don't I don't know what the full schedule is. There's a lot behind the scenes that goes on, but it's 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 a very light load. I mean, these guys are not putting in 40 hours of work on the field. I doubt they're even doing... Four, I mean, they should be doing more than 40 hours, which is kind of the bigger point. But every lost day is a big deal. That's, that's sort of the point. And it's another lost day. So I think he's generally uh, perturbed. And then there were, you know, a couple other questions. Um, nothing super interesting, but it comes immediately back to this issue. And, and again, there's the whole Randall Cobb thing. And what I had mentioned before is you can't talk about how great it is that Randall Cobb showed up, but also say it doesn't matter that other guys don't show up. Those two things can't coexist. They can't. If anything, Randall Cobb is silly for going there. Or it's, it's, it's a nice gesture, but it's unnecessary. But anyways, that, that, that was what I had said. Here is, when, when asked, what does it mean to the team for Randall Cobb to be there? Here is that uh, exchange. What is, from your perspective, what has this presence meant to some of these younger receivers, uh, some of the draft picks here for the first time? Uh, it means everything, and he's such a leader in that room, um, not only on offense, but he's been sitting there in those special teams meetings and, and doing a great job with that and being able to help a lot of these young guys out. So, I mean, it, it, it could not be any more clear at this point. I mean, I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse, but I mean, this is just how the interview went. But I know there's still people sitting there with their arms crossed saying it's not a big deal, calm down. And all I'm telling you is Matt LaFleur thinks it's a big deal. The head coach who's trying to get this team ready to play thinks it's a big deal. And now what does he say about Randall Cobb? First of all, no hesitation, unlike some of the other questions where he's like, I don't know, we'll see. Zero hesitation. He says it means everything. What does it mean to have Randall Cobb there? It means everything. And then he he goes on to say what? Because I know people are going to be mad that I brought up the whole leadership thing. He said Randall Cobb is such a leader. Why? Because in his mind, this is what leaders do. They show up. They put in work that they don't have to. They put themselves work. uh, The heck sentence was I trying to say there? Put themselves work? I have no idea where I was going with that one. A couple wires got crossed there. Um, They're doing work that is not, I don't want to say not necessary, but not necessary. They don't have to be there. 
He doesn't have to go to special teams meetings. He doesn't have to help the young guys. He doesn't have to help coach the team. He leads by example. He says, this is what you do if you want to make it in this league. Because it's not just about Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb doesn't need to be there. Probably helps him a little bit, but in general, probably doesn't need to be there. Why is he there? Because it's going to make the team better. The team he plays for that he wants to win a Super Bowl with. He wants to win a Super Bowl. How are you going to win a Super Bowl if the team around you is a good football team? How can you help to make that happen? Go to OTAs and help the young guy. And that's, what all, that's also what Matt LaFleur said. He's, he's there right now helping with the wide receivers, and it's invaluable the amount of help that they're getting from Randall Cobb. He's not saying it would be better if he wasn't here because then I wouldn't be distracted with Randall Cobb and we could help get some one-on-one time with these rookies instead of got Randall in their freaking ear like yapping, blah, 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 like do this, do that, like dude, shut up. I'm the coach. Let me do it. That's not a thing. But then there's the... The, the actual bigger news, um, and that is David Bakhtiari, and that finally came up almost to the end of this press conference here. Um, and it's, it's, as you may have seen on Twitter, and again, it's, it's kind of two different ways, but for the most part, it doesn't seem great, and I would tend to agree with that, mostly based on one word that Matt LaFleur said, and he's trying to be guarded. And um, that, that, so again, it's, it's divided depending on whether you just tweet what was said or kind of read into it a little bit. But the first thing I saw was, the reason he's not practicing is because it was just their plan all along to keep him out, and he does say that. So then my first thought was, see, it's not a big deal. Shouldn't have got all worked up. We're good. He's fine. Now, I did start to think it through a little bit more, and I'm like, well, why are they doing that? But I mean, just forget it. Never mind. Ignore that. But let me play his whole answer, and we'll see if we can maybe start to panic together. Now, our plan all along was to kind of hold him from this this time of the year and just make sure he's continuing to get stronger and ready to go hopefully for training camp close? yeah yeah i mean he's been close he was out there in the game so it just but it's just part of our process right now so that's horrifying <laughs> um again it started off great now our our plan all along was to just hold him out like okay great then he says immediately after that so that he'll be ready hopefully for training camp what the heck do you mean hopefully for training camp dude it's been over a year. What do you mean, hopefully? Like, when, when you started and said this is just a part of our process, my thought is he's been 100% for about three, four, five months. I don't know how long it's been since December or whatever, but he's been, he's been beyond fine since forever. And he could go out there and he could just play a season, no, no question. I mean, it, it, it's 102%. It's stronger than it's ever been. Then he says, hopefully he'll be ready for training camp. What the heck does that mean? I mean, that that could only mean he's not ready right now. I don't know how he could be ready right now, but we're not really sure about training camp. I mean, you could try to read into it and be like, well, maybe he means re-injury. I I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think that's what he meant. He's not ready right now. Good Lord. And then the question is asked, is, is he close? Which again, just the fact that that's even still a question is horrifying. And and again, I I know this was always a thing. Like maybe it's a, a serious thing or whatever. But it's like let's not panic until it's time to panic. I'm ringing the bell today. It's officially time to panic. The question was, is he close? And and again, he tries to be dodgy about it. He's like, well, pff, yeah. I mean, he was close back in December. That's your example. When he played a game and his knee blew up like a balloon, and then he couldn't play the next week or two weeks later. In a playoff game because it did so much damage to his knee, that's 
That, that's your comparison. Yes, he's close. He was close back then. I sure as heck hope he's a lot closer than he was back then when he played a game and his knee filled up with so much fluid he couldn't walk. I need to know he's a heck of a lot closer than that. And you didn't provide me with any assurance or security or feeling of, of happy feelings. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the precedent is for this. I'm going to have to search around for some of those um, Twitter sport doctor types and see what, what this is. I, I haven't noticed or heard of anybody that had kind of knee damage that this is just a, a lifelong thing and it just can't handle this. I don't know. Is, is there such a thing as a two-year recovery from an ACL? I don't know what this means. I, I, I don't, I've never heard of this. And if I have, I guess I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. But it sure doesn't sound great because he's been, he's literally one year ago, we were in the same spot. He's close, right? This is when, you know, around the time we started seeing him doing drills and running up and down the field and he looked great. He, he could probably, he, that's when we started hearing, he might play week one. And now what are we hearing? Oh, he's, he's close. He might, he might be ready for training camp. Like, oh. What are we talking about here? And again, sort of the evasive nature of the answers already makes me uncomfortable. Like, oh yeah, this is just the process, and you know, hopefully training camp. And um, okay, well, is he close? Oh, Dude, he's been he's been close like forever. Like he's he's so good. Like it's crazy. What what are you what? <laughs> Explain this to me. Like I'm four. But hold on, it gets worse. The next question is, and again, this is an opportunity to just assuade all fears. This is a great opportunity to just be like, all right, look, I got that. This is getting a little carried away. The last few comments got away from me. Let me just answer this dead on. Let me look you dead in the eye and tell you exactly what it is. The question is, so what you're telling me, or is it true that there is zero concern? This was just a part of your process. Matt LaFleur could easily just look at him and say, that's correct. We're not concerned. This is just a part of our process. That was the question. Here is the answer. I mean, we just thought that, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's played a lot of ball, and um, it's best to, you know, hold him from this, this portion of it. I'm sorry, is that, is that a yes? <laughs> oh, please don't run away from that question. You're making me so nervous. So there's zero concern with David Bakhtiari, right? 100% good. This is just a part of the process, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, sort of, uh, I mean, look, this is a guy, whenever a coach goes into, this is a guy, it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're evading the question, avoiding the question, running from the question. Here's a guy that, uh, I mean, he, he's played some ball, man. This guy, I'll tell you what, he's, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. The guy puts on his cleats, he puts on his pads, man, and he just plays. And so we decided to hold him out. What? What, is, what, is, what does any of that mean? I don't, know. I don't know why you didn't just answer the question. Maybe because you are answering the question. If the answer isn't yes to, are you saying he's 100% fine, this is just a part of the process, then maybe it's because the answer is no. Dang it, dude. Anyways, that was about it. They said something about a match. I don't know what match they're talking about. Is it the Lambeau Field thing? I have no idea. I'm assuming not. Do they even, they don't call those matches, do they? Soccer match? Maybe they do. I don't know. It's a waste of a last question, but um, there's also a question about Josiah. Do you expect him to take a jump? And he says, yes, I expect everyone to take a jump. So that wasn't really worth playing, but that was about it. I mean, obviously there's, there's two big, th the, the main part of this entire interview, 75, 80% of it was talking about people showing up and not showing up. And again, we, we got a very definitive answer from Matt LaFleur's standpoint. 
Again, if you listen to the players, you're going to get a very different answer. It doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. You're blowing this out of proportion. You get an answer from the coaches. That's not going to be their answer. No coach would ever say, and it's it's hard to believe that a player that is supposedly one of the most competitive people on planet Earth that cares deeply about all this stuff would, would have this as an answer. But um, you're never going to have a coach say, nah, it doesn't matter. What I do here doesn't matter. That's that's crazy. Um, and then the next one being David Bakhtiari, which really is the, the more significant, um, hopefully insignificant. I mean, at the end of the day, if he starts week one, all is well, right? But what we do know is that he's not 100% today, and that's really weird. And I am officially concerned. I mean, the concern started a while ago. I mean, like last year when he didn't come back at all. But um, when you're creeping up on... on two years and the coaches are not letting them practice and saying hopefully he'll be ready for training camp i'm getting a little nervous about that but it is what it is man figure it out um i do have to get out of here run a little bit late already so you guys have yourselves a fantastic day i will talk to you tomorrow have a good one Uh, bye-bye